you so much, kids, for leading us in worship. We're so grateful for you. And you guys should have seen this week, this whole place was transformed. Uh, thank you for our 30 plus volunteers who served. Uh, Melissa Yerke, give a special thanks to her. She, she led and organized this. It's amazing. So we averaged over 100 kids every day and they, they heard about Jesus and about Paul and how he brought people to Christ. The other cool things that happened is uh, these kids raised over $2,000 to, uh, yeah, to send to Uganda to buy bunk beds. And, and I, walked, I walked into my kids' room this week and they were sleeping on the floor. I said, why are you sleeping on the floor? Well, we're being reminded that some kids don't have beds and so we want to uh, give money. So, so cool. So praise God for that. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Lord, thank you for your presence. We sang this morning, God bless America. And as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, we're reminded where true blessing is. It's in you. And our country desperately needs that blessing from you, Lord. We individually desperately need that blessing from you. And so, Lord, as we pause here in the middle of uh, our, well, the start of our week, we say, God, we need you. We want to hear from you. And we want to direct our lives towards you. And so God, speak to us through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we are continuing our series through the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus came as the Son of God to bring blessing, to bring salvation to our world in a world full of condemnation. We are told that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And that's what we need. We began this series looking at uh, Jesus and his words to his disciples. And I know some of you have been memorizing this sermon and some of you have come to me and told me about some of the things God has showed you as you've reflected deeply upon these words. And whether you're memorizing it or not, I pray that beyond this time, you would take time throughout the week to read, to meditate, to reflect on what Jesus is saying because his words can unlock a powerful reality of the kingdom of God in your life. We believe Jesus came to save us for eternity. So after we die, we will go to be with him. But his plan isn't just after we die. His plan starts right now. Your life right now matters to Jesus and, and to God. And his kingdom becomes a reality as we begin to receive the words of Jesus. I told you at the beginning this sermon was for disciples, those who are followers of Jesus. Now we can be confused about that. Sometimes we think, well, a disciple is someone who works extra hard, puts in extra time, does extra things, but that's not the case. That's not what the Bible tells us is not what Jesus is inviting us to. In fact, it's a lot more costly than that. He's actually inviting us to give up our lives, to surrender completely to him. In fact, Jesus said, we must take up our cross and follow him. It's actually a, a new kind of life. It's not a, a better, harder working kind of life. It's a, it's a new kind of life that learns from Jesus. And the key is the surrendering to him. And, and later, the disciples are known as the people who were with Jesus. They were with Jesus. And that's what a disciple is. It's someone who's with Jesus. <laughs> it's about a relationship. It's about relationship. And that's what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. It's about love. God's love for us and how he wants to transform us into the kind of people who love 
like he loves unconditionally. And when we do that, we experience the greatest blessing that God intended for each one of us. It's about relationship with God and our relationship with others. So in chapter 6, as we transition in the sermon last week, I began in chapter 6. There's three things. In fact, in our preaching team meeting this past week, someone asked, why, why did Jesus include these three things? Giving, prayer, and fasting. We're going to spend the next, this Sunday, next Sunday on prayer, and then we're going to look at fasting. But the question is, why, why these three? I mean, he, he could have included lots of different things to talk about in the sermon. Why these three? It's a great question. And we talked about that a little bit. And as I reflected on that, I, I think the reality is giving prayer and fasting is something every human being does, regardless if you're in church or religious or not. People do these three things because it's the secret to the heart of love in our lives. It's the, it, it unlocks the heart of love in our lives. And so these are three things that people do when they love something. They give, they pray, and I, I, I'm going to talk about prayer a little bit this morning, that it's beyond just physically praying. It's really about trust and fast, sacrificing for something greater. So would you stand with me this morning as we read in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5, and we stand in respect for the Word of God as we hear what Jesus has to say to us. And starting in verse 5 through verse 8, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. You may be seated. So as we continue in chapter 6 of this sermon, Jesus uh, transitions from giving to prayer. But at the very beginning of chapter 6, he says, be careful. Be careful. And this word means pay attention. Apply yourself. Think about this differently. And so he wants us to listen because this is important. This is about unlocking love in our hearts towards God and towards others. And the words Jesus uses, practicing righteousness, practicing righteousness. And so how we go about loving God and loving others matters. And Jesus in this is comparing and contrasting two different ways, two different ways of giving, two different ways of praying, two different ways of fasting. And if you notice in verse 5, Jesus says, when you pray. His assumption is that all people pray. And I believe this. Everyone prays. You don't have to be religious to pray. Because I think Jesus knows that prayer is a reflection of our trust. We trust in different things. And so who we trust and how we trust matters. It matters to God and it matters in our lives. And so we need to realize that all of us are trusting something. We have lived hopefully long enough in this room to realize that 
we don't have full control over everything. And if you think you do, I have, I have a, a, a message for you. You don't have full control of everything. And if you just look around you at the world and you look up into the universe, you realize the bigness and the vastness of where we live in this universe and everything that's happening in our lives. And you realize inevitably at some point in your life that you don't have full control of everything. And so what do you do? Where do you turn? What do you trust? That's the question. And it's a, it's a heart question. And, and Jesus is going to go deep here. He's going to dig deep into our hearts because he cares about our hearts. He cares about us. And he wants us to think about what we're trusting in. And so the comparing and contrasting is Jesus begins by saying, be careful. So when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, actors, for they love to pray, stand in the synagogues and street corners to be seen by others. Now I have a sign up here that says, noticed. Now, there's something about human nature that we love to be noticed. <laughs> and I count myself in that. And I look around this room and I look at how many guys here, if you think back, when you tried to gain the attention of a, a girl, and what did you do to get her attention? <laughs> I bet there's some stories in here about crazy dumb things you did to get noticed, right? <laughs> and so we do these things. We do these things in our relationships. We do these things all the time. In fact, you go onto YouTube and you have hundreds, thousands, millions of people trying to get noticed. People are looking for this. And they're doing all kinds of things for it. Crazy things. Dumb things, hurtful things, painful things. And so we think about that and we think about what Jesus is saying about the human heart. He's saying, when you do this, when you do things to get noticed, there is a reward. There's a good feeling with getting noticed. There's something that is nice about the applause or the recognition. But Jesus is saying, be careful because that kind of attention, that kind of being noticed is temporary. It's shallow. It doesn't last. And so he's saying, there is a reward, but be careful because that's their full reward. That's all they get, being noticed. And we think about that. And I have looked over the years and read the stories of people who've gotten to the pinnacle, the top of being noticed in our culture. Stars, famous people who've achieved everything. And by getting noticed, they've achieved fame and wealth and power and all kinds of things. But so many of them testify and talk about loneliness, depression, and even suicide. Why? Why can you achieve everything that this world says is valuable and important and successful and still experience loneliness and depression? Why? Because it's what Jesus is pointing out to us is the reality is that reward doesn't fully satisfy. It doesn't fulfill us. It doesn't bring the blessing that we desire. In fact, it can leave us empty and lonely. And so Jesus compares and contrasts. And he's inviting us to treasure something that will really bless us. That will really enable us to experience the life that God wants for us. And so he's warning us against just being noticed to something deeper, something better, something richer. 
And so here in these words, Jesus says, when we pray, he says, don't be like those people, but go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, I want us to realize, I don't think Jesus is saying never pray in front of other people. He's never saying it's wrong to be noticed praying. But what he is addressing is our heart, our intention, our motivation, and what we are looking for in it. He's after our hearts and what we treasure, what we love. Because we treasure what we love and what we love reflects who we are. And that's what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. It's not about our performance. It's about our being, who we are. God's not looking for what you do, what you're doing, but he's looking for your heart and what, who you are. And so Jesus is digging deep here into our hearts. He's getting into our intentions, our motivations. What do we treasure? What do we love? And who we are. And so he wants to take us beyond just shallow appearances to the secret places, the places that most people don't see, but he sees because he's God and he's our father. And so the contrast is being noticed with being known, with being known. There's a big difference between being noticed and being known. I, as a kid, remember my father in my life and I remember he was a gift giver. He loved to give gifts, and, uh, and I enjoyed those gifts. But I remember as a kid thinking that what I most wanted was just to be with him and to be like him. I remember as a kid thinking he is the greatest hero in the world. I looked up to him. I thought he was the best, and I wanted to be just like him. And so as a kid, I remember wanting to be known by him and to know him more and to be with him. And so when Jesus talks about our father and this relationship with him, what does he emphasize? He emphasizes being known. I've been with people as they are on their deathbed, as they're getting ready to pass into eternity. And I've been astounded by what they talk about. Um, I've never had anyone tell me how much money they've made. I've never had anyone tell me the accolades that they've received or things they've accomplished. But everyone I've talked to in those final days, weeks, or hours, what they talk about is who they love, relationships. They talk about the people in their lives. They talk about God and His relationship in their life because when everything else is stripped away, when life has come to its final conclusion, what really matters is being known. Is being known and knowing others and loving others because that is what we truly desire. We, we do all this stuff, <laughs> this crazy stuff to get attention, but what we're really after is being known because the human heart was designed for love to be loved and to love others. And that is ultimately where God wants us to invite us to be. Um, this past few weeks, as Mike and I have, have talked in, about um, the ministry here at Rimrock and then his season to come, we've reflected a few times. And I, this past week, Mike and I were talking and 
and, uh, and he was talking about legacy, and we were talking about that, that, that legacy of, of being here, and just, but he said something to me that grabbed my attention. He said, you know, as I think about it, it's really not about legacy. What, what really mattered were the people that God brought into my life, and I was able to love, and I received love from them. And I thought about that, and I thought, wow, after 30 years of ministry, what mattered most was relationships. It was loving people. And I praise God for Mike and how he did that over these 30 years. But I think about that, and what is the reward? What is the reward? Because if this reward of being noticed is, is so temporary, it, it, it comes today and it's gone tomorrow, but, but when the Father who sees what is done in secret, he will reward you. What is that reward? Because it lasts. And God is saying there's a reward that will last forever, that's good, that's your best, for your best. Then I want that reward. And I think what he's talking about is this relationship with him. I think God himself is the reward. <laughs> and I think about that as a kid and my father, thinking about that as Mike, as he's lived and ministered here in the relationships. What lasts? What do we truly desire? We desire to be known and to be loved. And God loves, and he loves perfectly. And because of that love, we can trust him. And so our prayer is a reflection of trust. It's a reflection of our trust. He's inviting us into this place of absolute trust and surrender. And we realize that the real reward is God himself and the, the relationships that he's given us, those people that he's given us to love and to grow with in this life. This past, or two years, or the last year and a half, uh, the staff and I read a book by uh, Sky Jathani called With. And in this book, he told a story that Henry Nouwen uh, um, talked about. And, and, and Henry Nouwen went to a circus and there was a trapeze act going on. And everyone's amazed by the person flying through the air, right? When they let go and they're flying through the air doing flips and their arms are extended, there's something, something that catches our breath and our wonderment that someone can do that. But he made an amazing observation. He said, you know what? The, the person flying through the air is amazing, but you know what's even more amazing? Is the person who catches that person. Think about that. That person flying through the air must trust and rely in the strength and the confidence of that catcher to hold on and to not let go. That is what Jesus is talking about here. Who do we trust? When the chips are down and the world is chaotic and crazy and life seems out of control, who do we trust? And I believe Jesus is saying, the one who will catch you is the Father. He's there. <laughs> he loves you. And he's strong enough and powerful enough to hold you. He knows your needs. He knows you. He loves you. Trust in him. Would you close with prayer with me? Lord, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Lord, you know every heart in this place. You made every person in this place. And Lord, you know the burdens, the stress, the anxieties, the things that are coming their way. And I pray all of us would turn away from the temporary reward of being noticed and we would 
run into the secret place of relationship with you, our Father. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that you are able and that you know our needs. In Jesus' name, amen.